And welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Sunday, August 9th. We are here in the studio recording. I'm the talent. I'm Greg. Leading us in and out of the show. To my right, the guy who gives us as much content as the Reds offense gives to the Reds after going scoreless for two and a half games in the Ohio Cup. It's Zach. Zach, how we doing? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, obviously happy that Josh has to drink the 40. Lost that bet. Josh tried to even get me to go double and nothing on a game that doesn't exist, apparently, which is the packers Bengals game. And to our left, the aforementioned Mr. 40 himself. The, man's on, the man on the ones and twos. The man who's feeling good, feeling great, feeling like his team dropped three or four against the Indians. It's Josh. Josh, how you feeling, bud? I'm tired, man. Like uh, this was the worst weekend to lose this bet because I had a I had a wedding yesterday. Congratulations to Patrick and Isabel, um, and it was a fantastic wedding. Um, but you know, you can be a lot exhausted. of forties for the wedding. You can be exhausted the day after a wedding, and now I have to come and drink this forty to Colt forty five um, after the Reds. Yeah, I the, the Reds make me tired alone. Forget the wedding and the producing. If anyone wants to be my intern and edit this after, uh, you guys are making me edit this after I drink a Colt 45. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're not like like the, Zach. You're not bringing a whole lot of the content. I, I know. What the, things, the fuck? The I things, develop all the content. The things I do for this show. You do. You do a lot. Hey, no, but I'm, I'm glad. Hey, hey every, every weekend I'm glad to be here with you boys talking Ohio sports, talking Ohio beers that again this week. and we have yeah. a full slate of ohio sports to talk coming up on this edition of 30 rack sports oh beer of the week that's awesome yeah how do you do that that's great and our beer of the week for this week is from millersburg brewing zach and i will be enjoying the nut house porter from millersburg brewing um millersburg brewing right in the heart of millersburg which I'm sure a thriving town that most people are aware of, just a little bit south of Worcester, if you want to find it on the Ohio map. So uh, I will say oh, this. Oh, wow. Oh, that tastes amazing. Josh, you're missing, Gosh, out. You're missing out. We'll get to Josh in just a second here. Uh, but wow. the one thing that captures you is when you first go and you get that nice peanut butter spell. Mm, but right there. Really, you don't get as much of the peanut butter taste you get that nice chocolate kind of backlog exactly. in there. Exactly. It, so. it tastes like a Reese's kind of like if a Reese's made a beer. Yeah, if, if you, uh, oh, you, if you, uh, you know, tapped in, added a little bit of rum or something to your Reese cups, you know, that's mm, exactly what that's it tastes. Delicious. It's a very good beer. I think it's, uh, what, just over 6%. Good thing we, um, should, we have three beers. Yeah, good week, thing we have three beers this week, so. <laughs> Are you guys taking my other two beers? Well, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll give Josh a taste Yeah, we'll, we'll get to you in a minute. I'm jealous that I uh, lost this bet that we had going, and I'm not participating, uh, but... <laughs> Peanut butter porters are one of my favorite out there. This one's uh, 6.10%, 38 IBU, uh, keep refrigerated, brewed and canned at Millersburg Brewing Did you really have to put keep refrigerated? I'm just trying to help the people out, keep the beer cold. if you buy beer, throw it in the fridge. Unless your beer fridge is cold. Especially a porter. porter, Do you want to drink a warm Like Honestly, I'm a big, I like to keep my IPAs a little warm. Okay. I like a warm IPA. You're a psychopath, but we're not going to worry about that. Uh, What we are going to worry about, though, is first off how wonderful this nut house oh, that's, that's porter is from Millersburg Brewing. It if you find delicious. your way 
into Millersburg, a little bit off the highway, a little bit off the beaten path, but right in the heart of Millersburg is Millersburg Brewing, and uh, we'll get into their mission statement in the reciting of the can slash description of the beer, yeah. but a lot of good beers, a uh, lot of good stuff to look for mm-hmm. at Millersburg Brewing, so if you happen to be in that part of the state, it's certainly something you should check out. From one thing we need to check out to another thing that we need to check out. Josh, it does not look like you're enjoying this Nuthouse Porter with us. Do um, you want to explain to the people why your 30 rack glass is not filled with this Nuthouse Porter and is instead filled with a... Looks like urine. Yeah, much lighter color liquid. Gentlemen, what are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> Whoa! As we discussed last week, for those of you that didn't listen to our show, uh, if you didn't, I, it was a great episode. I highly recommend it. Um... What I can't highly recommend at the time is uh, the Colt 45. We had this segment that we said that we would create where whenever there was a intra-Ohio matchup or a big you know, Super Bowl, World Series, Browns versus Bengals. Big I, matchup between you know, teams that, that right. some of us on the show support. We would have a 40 ounce of a malt liquor of your choice to be uh, bet. Ooh. So for the Battle of Ohio in a four-game series, so we were kind of on the edge whether or not it would well, pay Josh, out. Josh got the split or Reds, and I took uh, yeah. three one tribe and ho. Oh. So uh, we'll get into it, but the tribe won the series three to one to uh, retain the Ohio Cup, and unfortunately for Josh, that means six that years in the row. By the way, he gets to enjoy forty ounces of the forty five itself. Josh, do you want to ex- do you want to describe <laughs> the uh, taste of the one uh, Colt 45 for uh, the fans out there. Colt, Colt 45, although it's called malt liquor, uh, this is a beer, uh, just for some education. Uh, malt liquor is, has like sugar or corn added to yeah. uh, have some further fermentation sugars in there, ups the alcohol content a little. Uh, but it just tastes like a, a light beer to me. Uh, I really wish I could be drinking this peanut butter porter, but unfortunately for the Reds, um, look, I was going to come in here and do a little Stephen A, like we have been led astray, <laughs> run amok, bamboozled by David Bell. I'm having a very bad day. I'm having a, I was having a very bad day, but it's not all doom and gloom for the Reds. I'll give you a little... Really? I'll give you a little uh, good with the bad At least here. they're playing baseball right, right. now. They're so. playing baseball Unlike other teams we record right now. They might be going for a sweep as we record today. Um, Disco, uh, Tre- uh, Anthony Discofini, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, those guys have only given up six earned runs in their last 59 innings. The pitching's there. What's not there is you only have two players, this coming into this weekend, you only had two players with an on-base percentage of over 333. Is that bad? That's pretty bad. Oh, That's man. no offense right there. You only have four players with an average of over 220. So you got guys like Nick Cassianos, obviously. Joey Votto's, you know, having the good start that we needed him to. Little Senzi's in there, uh, and Moustakis was there. He's went on the injured list today for 10 days. Um, and then the relievers, too. Out of the 12 relievers on the Red staff, six of them have a batting average opponent of uh, over 300. So, so you're opponents just, are hitting over 300. Opponents are hitting trash. over 300. Bullpen's uh, terrible. That. Uh, as we <clears throat> mentioned earlier in the show, the Reds – uh, went their final two and a half games or 23 innings yeah. without a run in the Battle of Ohio. Some would say not good. Can I give the Indians some love now? Yes, so would the, love to. So one of the reasons I think the hitting might not be working for the Reds right now is a lot of them are only seeing 
about three pitches per plate appearance. The Indians lead the league with a 4.16 pitches per plate appearance. The well, re- they go right after. Guys. Oh, they I mean, go Bieber, after. That's the difference. Tech, yeah. That's the difference. I said that all the only like, Why the Indians? The hitters. The hitters are taking, pitchers. The hitters are taking at least are averaging 4.16 pitches per plate appearance. Oh, okay. Which which is the oh, highest right. in the league. The Reds right. are only barely averaging uh, 3.9. So when you're not take when you're only getting like three pitches per plate appearance, especially like when you look at Suarez, he's barely averaging. He's got like a three point one pitches per plate appearance. When you're not seeing that many pitches, and you're going down in three strikes, one, you're not pushing that pitch count, and you're yep. letting these starters stay you know, until six, seven, like, six, eight, seven innings. eight innings. Yeah, and you know you just got to. And I know a lot of people are hating on David Bell, but you saw in this uh, in this Brewers series the platoon, the super platoon lineups that he's doing. The ball, the bell. They have worked this this series, so you know. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not uh, all doom and gloom. A manager can only do some. I mean, the guys right. got to go play. Yeah, they got to figure it out, and you can see, you know, some of the little things is what makes the Indians successful. You know, it was two nothing until kind of the breakout inning in the thirteen to nothing win, and Carlos Santana in that game was zero for one. Oh yeah. With yeah. four walks. So my so, message, my message for the Reds is the relievers need to get it together. I don't want to have to keep drinking Colt Forty Five, and I don't want to keep losing to the Indians. Plus, if you can get momentum going into this eight game, the Reds are about to hit an eight game stretch where they've got the Royals, the Pirates, and then the Royals again. Yeah, you have got to put momentum together there because then after that, like, yeah, it's gosh, a month imagine. to go against I mean, the division. Like, you got to figure it out here soon. Greg. First off, the Ohio Cup is heading back to Cleveland. The Tribe take the final three games of the series and beat beat the Reds in three of four games. Coming into that series, the Indians had the bigger offensive questions, but after the series, it was the Reds shaking their heads after going scoreless in the final 23 innings of the series. It rhymed. Some sad news on the college football front, as the 30 Rack Podcast favorite conference, the MAC has announced the cancellation of their 2020 football season. One sport moving forward with their schedule is the MLS, who announced phase one of their restart plan, which includes not one, but two Hell is Real derbies happening on August 29th and September 6th. And finally, Ohio teams are going to Ohio. The Jackets blow a 3 to nothing lead in game four, giving up three goals in the final four minutes to the Maple Leafs, then dropping the game at overtime as Toronto faces a deciding Game 5 Sunday night. And those are our OH headlines. Alrighty, and we move on to our first conversation. Talking a little college football. Whether First off, the schedules that are happening, because right now we're hoping, we're praying, we're hoping is much as we can hope that the college football season is happening this year. That's going to happen. But it's still a question. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, Maction is not for 2020. The MAC has canceled their 2020 season, which also, in Ohio news, knocks out the Victory Bell game, which is the first time since 1944, so World War II, that that game has not happened. But for the moment, most uh, Power Five conferences, along with you know some of the other G5 conferences, 
are moving forward with their proposed schedules. Josh, what are those schedules? Yeah, I'll just give you guys a rundown here, of, uh, starting with the Power Five. The Big Ten's getting started uh, the, the earliest here, along with the Sun Belt. Uh, we'll start with the Big Ten. They're doing 10 games only in conference. It starts September 5th. That's Labor Day weekend. Big note there is the OSU-Michigan game, obviously. will be midseason now, the Saturday before Oct uh, Halloween. SEC, they're also doing 10 games only in conference. They're going to start at the end of the month, though, September 26th, and they'll only have one bye, whereas Big Ten is going to have two byes. The ACC, they're doing 10 conference-only games with the option for schools to pick up one non-conference game. They're starting September 12th. Big note there is obviously they added Notre Dame. ACC always also has two buys. Pac-12, they're 10 conference-only games. They'll start September 26th. The Big 12 finally settled on nine conference games plus one option of a non-conference. They'll start mid to late September. They're being wishy-washy as now they the always are. The Big 12's are. always fucking wishy-washy. What a terrible conference. They don't know when they're going to start yet. It could be mid to late September. Uh, if they did do the one non-conference game, they would have to do that as the first game. That is the Big 10. What a trash conference, 12. though, right? Uh, know, we'll yeah. talk about it. AAC, the American, they're doing eight Top games. Conference. With the option of four non-conference games, they'll start September 19th. Big loss there in the state as UC has lost the Nebraska game uh, with the Big Ten bubbling. Uh, in the Sun Belt, they're also going to start early on Labor Day weekend. They are also doing like the American eight conference games plus the option of four non-conference games. Conference USA, uh, they haven't really decided yet. Announcements expected this week, but it looks like eight uh, Conference-only games, maybe one non-con. Uh, Mountain West, they're doing eight uh, conference games plus two non-conference games. They'll start at the end of September 2 on the 26th. And then, obviously, as you said, Greg, no action this year. Well, no action this year, but they are starting to talk about the possibility of spring games. And I did hear that ESPN already reached out to the MAC to see that if would they be wanted cool. to do something in the if spring. If they did a, no, a conference-only schedule and Ooh, just ran buddy. through that in the cool. spring, I mean, ESPN would jump all over that. They'd be prime time. Yeah. That'd be cool as hell. Yeah. I mean, be cool Tuesdays would be back. Well, I mean, just do it on Saturday. But, I mean, that'd be cool as hell. Like, they would be the only... Yeah. Because all you got... Action's made for Tuesdays. Well, it's, well, it's interesting fair. for some of these teams. And the MAC has stated that they couldn't justify playing a season when they're losing the money. I think I mentioned last week that Western Michigan and Central Michigan, those teams had lost, like, uh, over $5 million from uh, losing Big Ten games and a yeah. couple SEC games. So it's interesting when you have, like, what are those small teams going to do take uc for example they lost nebraska but it looks like the americans going to allow maybe up to four non-conference games i don't Damn. think they're going to be able they're to not going to be able to fill it they, now they, just lost, they, they just lost miami and like you're saying it could be sunbelt i'd totally take bearcats versus app state or something like that yeah but you're thinking <laughs> yeah you money know. wise though it's just not and you're no. thinking four and it's like what that's a the lot only, the yeah. only teams that are looking at non-con games right now, at least according to what you said, is the AAC, possibly the Big 12, the Fun Belt, and uh, the Mountain West. And those are all, I should clarify, when I say the non-conference games, they have the option to pick that up if they so desire. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, you did mention that. I just... Uh... I just don't that's think putting the do honestly it's right. putting the AAC in the position of when you got you know, the other Power Five schools aren't going to do it. Um, they're not making the money. 
the right. schools, the Sun Belt, and those schools will be making money off and them. We're lot, gonna come to you, and you have to pay us half the gate receipts. Where it's right. like, well, well, and a lot I don't of people are knocking that. the Mac for like, oh, they're not doing it because player safety. And and believe me, like, no, it's because the money should not care there. about player safety. But they let's, should. let's they be don't. honest here. They like, don't. It is about the money. That's it what this whole thing money. is about. Yeah. Um, and when you're losing, yeah, you've seen Tuesday Night Maxion and what those gates. Here's what I think would be fun. Kent State. Made like here's what I think would be million off an Alabama game for the past two years each. Like, here's what I think would be fun. They could do it in the spring and even split it down further. It's not going to be like a ten game schedule. Just do East versus what? Like East plays them, you know, the, which is basically Ohio and Buffalo, yeah. and the West plays, and then they play a little championship game. That's it. That'd be fun. I think that would they be would. ESPN blast. would jump all over. ESPN would play that prime time Saturdays because there's nothing going on. Yeah, college basketball. Is, I still think. Mac college football rivals college basketball in Duke, North Carolina. I still think they'd yeah. be like, eh, we might put them in the primetime slot. I'm dead serious. People think I'm crazy. I'm ESPN, not. ESPN, ESPN too. No, I'm no, I'm not. You're not. You're not. So I, the well, might, you're crazy, but no not for that better reason. Better way no. to spend a Tuesday night in Ohio than at your local brewery watching Maction. There's exactly. no better way to spend your. Tuesday. But I'm saying they could get Saturday primetimes in the spring. I think that would be a smart move. If I could watch, if I could watch the Ohio Bobcats play. The Kent State Golden Flashes on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday evening in March or April. In March yeah. or April, oh. exactly. We're oh. doing it. We're doing it. Um, I want to come in on the Ohio State schedule a little bit. Wow, really? <laughs> um, wow. You mean talk about like a cakewalk? Uh, you know, they got Illinois starting September third, and they hit Rutgers, Purdue, Indiana, uh, Nebraska, Michigan State under new coaching staff, um, and then but right before they hit Michigan, so they're looking at six and zero before Michigan. I think Michigan because they got to play Penn State. Um, they also have to play Michigan State. Um, yeah, Michigan's easily got probably like two losses heading into that game, and then Ohio State finishes up with Maryland. Penn State's the one. That's a tough one. And then you know Iowa. Zach, let me, yeah, you don't don't have to go to Iowa. Why we so don't have to go nice. to Kinnick? So. Let me ask you, and I'm, I didn't mention yeah. this, like bring this up in any of our pre-production discussions. So I'm throwing you a bit of a curveball, hot, hot seat curveball here. Nice. But for me, I think it's interesting looking at in between the buys, the five game stretch that the Buckeyes have mid to late season, where you have five games, three of them away: Nebraska at MSU, Michigan at home, and then at Maryland, who just got an interesting transfer. Right. And uh, at Penn State, what do you think of that five-game stretch? I mean, I see some trap games in there for the Buckeyes. When you look at at Maryland and the Maryland game last year, it kind of got mm-hmm. kind of got tough um, there. And now they've got an interesting transfer and a younger brother. I think of a, to a tug of a uh, right. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to try and say it while I'm drinking. Well, and, and that <laughs> that's funny you bring that up because the question mark right now is we brought Kerry Combs back, which is awesome. But there's still question marks in the weakness of the defense on the secondary. Not saying it is, but way more improving in the secondary than the the, the front seven. Um, yeah, I mean that's probably gonna be a noon game. Noon game. Noon games are always trap games, right? Those yeah. guys aren't awake. Yeah. They're coming off the Michigan game. That's literally a week. That's what I think. It is the the big um, trap game there. You I agree. I think Maryland. Maryland I think Michigan. Maryland's a trap game. Um, but. The real question. I think it could be. I call it a trap game because I think that could be like a seven or ten point win when it really should be like a twenty-one point win. I right. still think that. Here's the thing, and you can't deny it. Recruiting wise, they're just. Yeah, you can't. They're far and beyond everybody the in the Big recruits. Ten. It's just, just not there. Um, and I think my 
honestly, biggest worry, I mean, you know, is coming out flat in one of these games if there's no fans. Because you look at, like, oh, that's the Penn State yeah. game. Obviously, the Michigan game, they're going to come out fiery. Mm-hmm. The Penn State game, if you don't have, you know, that would obviously be the whiteout game if you Normally. were going to. But yeah. who knows if they have anyone. And Probably I think not. the worry would be a Michigan State or a Maryland where you're playing on the road, wherever, there's not really a crowd. It's kind of like those sleepy Friday nights right, yeah, at yeah. Northwestern where, you know, you drop a game or something. I or, mean, there's a lot of, I agree, I, there's a lot of unknowns here, man. You know, you got guys, they feed off the crowds, and yeah, there's not going to be much. I mean, saying, Ohio like, State's saying they're looking at like 30 at home, maybe, but some of the schools said none. Um and honestly, in a stadium as big as that, like I've seen 20,000 people oh, yeah. in Ohio Stadium. It's just <laughs> not the same. No, yeah. I mean, I've been there for uh, all-star games, like high school, like in the, the east-west Ohio. Like, there, yeah, there's like 10,000 people Crew there. It's weird. San Jose or, Clash. <laughs> <laughs> Josh was there. Uh, no, I agree. I think there's some tra- – honestly, it's going to be a weird fucking I, – I still question what's going to happen. I mean, I, I think the um, Nebraska game – could be a trap game, although they are at home. And then, I still like, think Nebraska like, is a mile away. You, like, you liked the Penn State game as a trap game, but I think no, I think the I'm Maryland game is more of a trap yeah. than I'm just saying because you're coming off the Michigan game, and right. we'll get to exactly. that in a minute. But there are some words, and Ohio State's gonna be fired up for that, and probably Penn State. But, I, I already uh, think is a little overrated, and especially without the. But Ohio out. State will yeah. take them serious. And I yeah. Think yeah, Maryland's a trap oh, where yeah. you you, you don't a good take point. them seriously. Yeah, and it's because between your two biggest games are Michigan and Penn State this year. It's right. Between there and yeah, it's probably a noon game coming down. Yeah, what you're in game like what six out of uh, eight or something? Or uh, eight, that's out, of eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah eight yeah. out of ten. So you look at a Maryland team that might be like four and four, th- or four and three, or three and four. Exactly. That point, and that, like, yeah, they're lo- they're an unknown. You yeah. got a whole new coaching. You got the uh, Tiger Vailoa's brother. Yeah, I mean that kid's got Kalea, some talent. Tiger yeah, 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 Vailoa yeah. for all those at home. I mean that that would be the one I would worry about. I agree, and it's and it's Halloween. Halloween. Everybody knows like yeah. High State usually honestly has a buy on right. Halloween or like that week. But we all watch college football because it's weird. It's always a weird Spooky. weekend. It is. And whether that's just a mental thing. Saturday night, Halloween, Halloween Saturday night in 2020, anything could happen. It, it's going to be a weird night. Honestly, I got a wedding that night, so I'm hoping it's a noon game so I can see let's, that. Let's talk about the weekend previous to that and some <laughs> comments that have been made in the media uh, from certain coaches. Coach Jim for UM. Ah, Coach Jim for UM. He's hardly a coach, I'd say, at this point. He's just more He's a man clinging uh, on to a job that he shouldn't have am i wrong god no um I'll, I'll, yes because i don't know who they could get who better who wants to well, I'll I'll that's fair. run through the little one of you two should jump in and right, i'll let me just so yeah. to to catch everybody up to speed if you hadn't heard there was some there was apparently allegedly big ten media day. a big 10 media day and on a conference call coach harbaugh accused coach day of some illegal practicing and there were some comments made. They probably um, raised it through the proper channels, as Ohio State always does, with any of their... Time know, out, time out. I'll Whoa, jump in. Okay. Here's Whoa. what happened. They did a Big Ten media day. It was all virtual. So all the coaches were on the same conference call with all the Big Ten reporters. And while Ryan Day is running through his 30 minutes or whatever, 20 minutes, Jim Harbaugh decides to just, out of nowhere, spout out that he... Believe, cuts Ryan Day off and believe that, as he said, um, Ohio State coaches were working out with a player outside of 
whatever the NCAA's rule were on when you're allowed to work out Imagine with players. Imagine caring about your players. Look, if there's one thing that I'm sure about, it's that Ohio State coaches are always going to follow the rules. I think that's been something Shut that's up. been I know you're being, the you're being sarcastic. Years. I know. It, and then Ryan Day went on to say, um, why don't you worry about your team over my team later? Apparently, he had a team meeting, and he said, I, you know, honestly. Wait, was it during the allowed, allotted time that you're allowed to meet with the players, or was it after? Greg, shut up. <laughs> He said, Ryan Day said hang he should worry about – Jim Harbour should worry about if Big Ten's going to institute a uh, mercy rule because we're going to hang 100 on him. Love it. I wish he would have said that to him on the phone call. That would have been Do you amazing. think it's because he wants to beat Jim Harbaugh that bad, or do you think he needs a couple of fresh tats so he needs those golden pants? No, shut up. Zach, let me read you some quotes from Coach Jim Harbaugh. Oh, fuck him. Uh, he's the first coach to go 0-5 in the big game series. Uh, this was on his alma mater being outmatched so badly by Ohio State, a quote from last year. I'll answer your questions, not your insults. Insults? That's just facts, You man. get paid $5 million a year. You're the first coach to lose your first – to go 0-5. You're the first coach to go 0-5 in the series. It's ridiculous. So that means that, I mean, if no one's ever lost five in a row, that's got to mean that Ohio State's just – taken advantage of this series in the all-time record, right? They're Almost. way ahead? Way Almost. Ahead? Not yet. Well, okay, uh. no, offense, <laughs> no offense to give some history for people who don't know. The first, like, 20 to 30 years, we're talking about this rivalry. Michigan, yeah, I'll give them that. They were, that's where they won most of their 11 national titles. Literally 10 of their national titles were in, like, the 20s and 30s. Yes, and Michigan dominated. Well, and Greg's being a smartass here. Yeah, he I is think being everybody a on the Ann Arbor side and on the Columbus side wishes Michigan would return to that because then we'd at least have some entertainment there. Here's another I quote from Jim Harbaugh. This was when he took the job. There are no turnarounds at Michigan. This is greatness. You've gone 0-5 in your first games against your biggest rival that you were supposed to fix. The other thing I just don't like about Jim Harbaugh is this quote just – this is when they got rid of – the NCAA got rid of satellite camps. Yeah. And he said, I suggest we drop the term student athlete. And, like, that is one of those things that's always rubbed me the wrong way about Jim Harbaugh is he just doesn't seem to care about the student – like, no, the student part of he things. he doesn't. It was just like the trans- – You know college coach cares about the student part of things. Have you looked at every single major of every single college student? Greg, it's not a question of it's whether not, they it's really do. It's whether of, yeah. you actually just pretend yeah, like you exactly. do. Jesus so then why Christ. are we caring about pretending? Because it's the NCAA. In my pretend world. It's the NCAA. That's what you do. Jesus. You pretend. Yeah, it's like fucking business. Get with the program. Yeah, this isn't seeing... the NFL. You got to at least attempt to pre- – he needs to shut his fucking mouth until he wins a goddamn game. That's all he's got to do. Exactly. And I'm sorry. Here's That's my point. Saying. Why wake up the bear? Now they're pissed. Right. And Ohio State's going to fucking roll them, and you're going to have Justin Fields in there. It's going to be 86 if to nothing. Justin Fields in the decides thir- to play. He is. He admit Him and Trevor Lawrence both came out and said they're playing. It's absurd. He's a moron, and they're going to get their ass whooped Here's in Ohio saying, State. If they even play this I year. Hate, I hate the argument. Well, that's fair. I'll give I you that. I hate the argument. I said if he even plays, because if anyone even plays. No, that's fair. You're what? so up and down on your own personal agenda that you're not looking at the full scope. And I don't. I've been it. saying this for weeks. Well, I don't think football. I'm the person that's trying to bring the reason I've been the one into saying this conversation. The, you I've been the one saying I doubt any of this. Let's up. let's let him reason. Bring us some reason, Greg. No, Greg. Bring us some. I don't bring us some it. reason here. Well, I mean, they're gonna beat him regardless. 
I don't think Jim Harbaugh is more or less a cartoon character. He is. I mean, and the fact I'm that just... you're trying to like put him down for whatever re- like he is what he is. He's probably the best that Michigan can get because if you want Rich Rod back there, then like you could probably get him. But I don't know who wants to undertake that job against one of the well, top flight programs. allegations on him too, so he's not touchable right now. Well, yeah, but I mean that's like trying to take the South Carolina job or something right now where it's like you're obviously overmatched by your biggest rival. Clemson, yeah. And now, Zach's reciting of the kind. Millersburg Brewing Company. Our vision is simple. Create excellent beers with focus on our local and statewide economy. We believe in support of local and Ohio craft beer. Our award-winning brewery is now distributed throughout Ohio and counties to grow. And that is nice, you know, Millersburg on the other side of Ohio, but we were able to find it right down oh, here no, in Cincinnati. Yeah. So no matter where you are in Ohio now, you can find Millersburg Brewing. So Exactly. And we're drinking the Nuthouse Peanut Butter Porter. No peanuts used. Twist on traditional porter. If you like peanut butter... You're going to love this beer. That's I agree. Definitely true. I definitely agree on that. And I remember the first time that I saw Millersburg Brewing was actually at a, at a beer fest. And I was like, you know, right. I have worked up in that part of the state for a little bit. So I, I knew of Millersburg kind of vaguely. But trying their beers for the first time, I was like, wow, this is kind of a hidden gem. Because it's not like a Great Lakes or a, right? you know, it's not in one of those big cities. It's just kind of nestled in the middle of nowhere. And I think that's one of the things that I would love to see from this podcast and just breweries in general is those hidden gems kind of in the in the small cities. Because I think Ohio has great breweries, not just in the big cities, but mm-hmm. all over the state. I mean, as we've done, you know, even Athens, we've had some good beers Jackie and O's, yeah. stuff like that. So Exactly. Josh, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> like I said, I love peanut butter porters. I love the, uh, since we're talking the can, I do like the design of the can. It's just kind yeah. of like a... I love the the horse. Uh, I like the horse logo. logo. Well, the horse logo thing, is yeah. awesome. The cans just kind of. I, don't, I can't tell what it is. I don't know if it's just like trying to look at it upside down. I think it's down, just or? like a uh, yeah, it just looks like kind of or like brown, brown paint waves. just kind of thrown in there. It yeah. could be like a cave. I don't know. Yeah, but it's uh, whatever. We'll have to find out. Let us know. Tell us what this can is on our social media. Josh, what is our social media? Our social media is um. At Dirty Rack of Sports. Um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Always. Let us know what is on this can from Millersburg. <laughs> yeah, uh, give us your interpretations. We can make this like a little art segment. I'm up one nothing. Up one to nothing. Yeah, Zach won the first. first Zach round. is what? so like, oh, That was like, I'm not ashamed to brag about that. Yeah. <laughs> for our first question, so who holds the record for the most home runs hit by a pitcher out of the pitcher's spot? So for the Reds? Like, yeah. For the Reds. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Lorenzen. I don't know, Cueto? No, that's wrong. Okay. But so Cueto. this. I know. I said I know that's wrong. I'm this, sorry. This an fella question, I also put you down. holds the record for the MLB record for the youngest player to appear in a Major League Baseball game. Oh, it is the Leak? former color voice no. of the Cincinnati the Reds, player. one Joe Nuxall. Really? Oh, we're going that far back? Joe wow. Nuxall has hit 15 home runs out of the pitching spot. Whoa. So the Reds' uh, best hitting 
pitcher out of the pitcher spot, was tied for 21st all-time. The Tribe's all-time leader for home runs actually places second all-time on home runs by a pitcher, hitting 35 home runs, 37 total in his career. Who is this Indians pitcher, Josh? Any, any guesses? The Satchman. The Satchman. Satchel Page. Man. Um, ba, ba, ba. No way it was Bob Feller. You going to go Bob Feller? <sighs> yeah. You were half correct. You got the first name right. It's Bob, Bob Lemon. Lemon. Damn it. I was going to say Bob Lemon. Bob Damn Lemon. It. With Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow looking to be the presumptive starters for the Browns and Bengals, respectively, this year, looks to be the first ever matchup of number one overall QBs starting in the Battle of Ohio. And only the third different matchup of first rounders picked by the teams to face off. Can you give me either of the two first round versus first round Battle of Ohio matchups? So these are a first rounder picked by the Bengals versus a first rounder picked by the Browns in the Battle of Ohio QB matchup. I, I just have to give you one of the matchups. One of the matchups. But you have to give me both the Browns and the Bengals. Boomer Siason and Bernie Kozar? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Couch and Palmer. So. I will say both of you are wrong. Yeah. The one thing that I will say is, because this will be the first number one versus number one, the year that Carson Palmer was picked, Tim Couch started, mm-hmm. but Palmer sat his first year. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So the two are, you had half of it in Tim Couch. Tim Couch versus Achilles Smith. Achilles Smith. Oh, oh I forgot about Achilles. God damn. Week five of 99 okay. and week two of 2000. Both... Uh, they only faced each other twice in the second matchup of both years. Someone was hurt, so that was twice. And oh, then you man. got the Carson Palmer one correct, but you're forgetting 22 overall pick out of Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Oh, so yeah. you have Brady Quinn versus Carson Palmer. Man. Zeros across the board right now. Dude, that's why they call him the Grandmaster. That is. That's why they call him the Grandmaster. Monday night, the Lakers clinched the number one overall seed in the West, beating Utah. The Lakers obviously have Cavs connections with former star, superstar LeBron James on the squad, but how deep is this connection? How many current Lakers players have spent time on the Cavaliers roster at some point in their career? It's bad on me. I'm trying to think of who's even on the Lakers roster. Four? All right, you're going with four? Four? What about you? I'm go five. Josh gets the point here. On the board. Four players. You have number one overall pick in 2003, LeBron James. (laughs) Number four overall pick in 2012, Deion Waiters. Uh, Waiters Second round pick in 2012, Danny Green. And then former pipe layer of Cleveland, J.R. Smith. I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I forgot Smith, that, Green, yeah. and James. I wouldn't have guessed that second guy, but I'm like, Dion Waiters. Yeah, Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters but I'd, I'd think there was one more. This year's college football schedule, if it happens, is wild, with most conferences just doing in-conference schedules. But one of the oddest features is Ohio State hosting Michigan in the seventh game of their 10-game conference schedule instead of the last conference game of the year historically. When was the last time Ohio State did not end their conference schedule versus Michigan? You, of course, mentioned one of the times that Ohio State did not end their regular season schedule against 
uh, Michigan was in 1942 when they yeah. faced Iowa pre-flight. But what about the last time they did not end their conference schedule? I could be way off here, but I want to say it was in the 70s, and I'm going to go 79. No, I mean, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't. I'm, a, I'm just going to play uh, like 1930. I don't know. So close. Ah. The answer is 1934, Oof. where Ohio State played Michigan in the seventh game of their season and played Iowa week eight during a 7-1 and one campaign under coach Francis Schmidt. Francis. The Emporium. Uh, yeah. Coming at you. Yeah, I got a point fat. back. Yeah. Got a race but now. It's really one-to-one. The point comes back. Pretty brutal. One-to-one on the Emporium. Mm. If you have any questions to ask us, any questions to ask the Grandmaster, feel free to reach out at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know how well you did on the Trivia Emporium. Let's see if you're better than these two so-called experts I have next to me. Oh, I've never said that. All right, guys, uh, what's brewing in Ohio this weekend? We've got a, a lot of different new things coming on. Um, Columbus has their newest brewery over in Gahana, the Edison Brewing Company. Gahana. Gahana, Gahana, no, Columbus, Patata. Uh, in Gahana, the Edison Brewing Company, they have uh, opened on one of the highest elevation points in Franklin County, and they offer a great view of Columbus. They've got a great outdoor beer garden there now. Uh, you can get your uh, Ohio on tap brewery passport stamped there. If you don't have that passport, uh, get yourself to ohiocraftbeer.org um, or follow them at Ohio Craft Beer on social media. Yeah, get your stamp all around the city of Columbus. It's oh. a really cool thing to see all the different breweries that Columbus has to offer. Uh, up on one of the corners of Ohio, up in the Y Town, uh, Noble Creature Cask, Noble Creature Cask House. That's a mouthful right there yeah, in Youngstown. Uh, they're in one of those uh, church, old church breweries. Ah, love those. Um, they've got uh, their reopening after the whole COVID thing. Uh, they've got a new beer garden as well. Um, so you can head out to Noble Creature now if you're up in the Columbus area or in the Youngstown area. Excuse me. You've got Ernest Brew Works. Uh, they uh, have the Evil Ernie Imperial Stout. And they have gone, that's already a double-digit ABV, and they've gone and yeah. done a bourbon barrel-aged treatment of that. That now clocks in at a 15.9 ABV. Yikes, that'll knock you on your butt. That will knock Ooh. you on your butt. So if you're out in Ernest Brew Works up in Toledo, uh, those are available in 500-milliliter bottles. They're only available at the Ernest Tap Room, but uh, quite the heavy beer there. Also want to give a shout-out to a brewery we've had as our beer of the week, Molar Brew Barn. They're turning three this week, uh, and they've got two great beers celebrating it with uh, the Maple Glazed Donut Wheat. Oh, I'm not a big wheat guy, but I am a big Maple Glazed yeah. Donut guy. I'm a big Maple Glazed Donut, donut oh, and wheat maple. guy, so yeah. I'm all maple about that. Syrup. Uh. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then if you're looking for something more lighter, summery, refreshing, they're also celebrating with a Strawberry Cheesecake Blonde Ale. A big cake guy, so Sweet. all so, over that. So shout out to Mola Brew Barn for three years. If you want to learn more about what's brewing in Ohio, ohiocraftbeer.org, at Ohio Craft Beer on social media. That's what's brewing in Ohio. Moving on to our second conversation where we're talking a little bit of puck, a little bit of hockey, going into this jacket series, which when you're listening will be to a conclusion. But right now, as we're recording, we are through Four games in this wild series that has featured two shutouts to take the series one-to-one. 
two blown three to nothing leads that have made the series two to two, and a wild all deciding game five, the only one in the qualifying round between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Josh, what are your expectations coming into this game? Do you guys remember when we made that uh, prediction two weeks or before the Indians Red series, and we said there'd be two blowout games and there'd be two close games? Yeah, uh, we got the wrong Ohio series there. I mean, this has yeah. been a nuts series, man. I mean, yeah, con- completely. Like, I don't know what to expect anymore. I mean, the fact that you had two nights in a row. A three to one or three to whatever. Three and nothing. A, yeah, three, three nothing. insane, an insane comeback, flip flop each way is back to back nights. That's crazy. Yeah, because uh, for those of you that didn't watch, in the third game, early in the second period, Toronto went up three to nothing. Jackets got to go a little bit later. Still down three to one in the third period. Score two goals, able to make it three to three. End up winning with like a minute left in overtime to take the 2-1 advantage. Then the next day, they score an early goal. They score a goal in the second period, and then a goal late with about six minutes left to go up 3 to nothing, And then a goal just under four minutes, a goal about a minute later, and then a goal with just over a minute and a half to go to tie up the game when the Jackets were on the verge of advancing to, I guess, the regular playoff series. Uh, overtime back and forth, but Toronto's able to get the goal. They have the momentum now. Obviously, a series is going on in Toronto, but a little bit of time to get things back in order and just an absolutely wild series where who knows what's going to happen. But I know one guy who's taken the jackets all the way. Yeah, Zach took Zach. him at plus 6,500, and it's not Love looking it. like the worst bet in the world right now. No, no, not at all. Uh yeah, you know me, the biggest hockey fan here, you know. Um, yeah, the Jackets defense smothering the high-octane Maple Leafs offense. Uh, obviously, besides that three-goal horrendous third period. Was that third period? All yeah, three? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was on the last four yeah. minutes. So that I think, uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Feeling good for the Blue Jackets. I think they can get back to what they do. You know, it might be looking like a 2-0, 2-1 game tonight. Yeah, I think the real question, and I'm sure you're about to bring it up, comes in with the with the goaltender quandary that the Jackets have right now. They had um, Jonas Corposalo, who started games uh, 1, 2, and 3, um, actually got the shutout in his first playoff start. So the he was the first goaltender in Blue Jackets history to pull a shutout in his debut. And also the first one in the NHL since 2014, but he was pulled after they went down three to nothing in Game Three for the young guy, the guy who had kind of you know had his come up while Corpy was hurt last time in uh, Elvis Merzlikens. Merzlikens able to keep him in the game and get him the win in Game Three, and then in Game Four, some testy moments early, but he was able to keep him in the game, and then you know. Stuff kind of falls apart for not just him, but the whole team in the third period in overtime. And now uh, Coach John Tortorella has gone back to Jonas Corposalo for Game 5. So another interesting development in there, Josh. And I think that's the the right move, Greg. Um, and just speaking on Tortorella, guys, I know he's got a few under his belt already, but I have a hard time giving anybody else the Jack Adams Award this year. I mean, you think of what the Blue Jackets lost – and what they they went on that right before the COVID hit, they were on that streak. 
Yeah. Um, and now the fact that they have been able to battle through this series and make the he's made such incredible adjustments. And then, as I'm sure everyone saw, there was the whole back and forth between Torts and uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, where they had that little bit of a shouting match there yep. on the bench. They um, had that. Then he, you know, there was the play with Jake Muzzin where he got hurt, but then Dubois came back and got the first ever hat trick in Jackets history in game four. Yeah, it's. Well, and what's interesting about that, Greg, is that in the first two games, Dubois only had four shots. This 22-year-old is supposed to be the you know the next thing for the Blue Jackets. Oh, yeah. And he it's only been had, phenomenal. Yeah. You know. For the most part, he's been great. But in the first two games of the series, he only had four shots. And, you know, you're expecting way more from that from this kid, especially when you look on the other side of the bench and you've got uh, Austin Matthews for Toronto. I mean, that kid's incredible. Yeah, number one and three pick of their yeah. draft. So. so, I mean, you've got to match these other young, your other young stars from that draft. And when you're only getting four shots in the first two, Torts ripped into him, and they had some back and forth, and Torts even publicly like made some comments about him. But then in the next game said, I'm putting this on you. You need to, you need to attack the net. And you saw way more shots. You saw, you saw the hat trick. He brought it back and everything. I mean, and then the decision to pull Corpusalo and bring in Elvis. What I love about that is he said, that was not something I was comfortable with. But at a certain point, when I have a game the next, when I have game four the very next day, I got to be thinking ahead there. So he more put Elvis in thinking about the next game. And even though they went with Elvis in game four, you've got to, he's managing the whole series minute by minute in each game and i just I, torts is just so good at, at coaching and, and I adapting think he's good minute at by minute at not only coaching but really you know one of the biggest parts of coaching is motivating and he's he's been okay with pulling guys out of the lineup out of the rotation yeah. when they're not playing well and i think the one thing that's interesting with starting corpy in game five is in game one, he kind of put his faith because people were kind of questioning who was going to start game one. He put his faith in Corpy, and you know he was able to reap the benefits in a 2-0 win. And Corpusella made some really nice saves in that game. So doing that again here, I think, really puts the thought on him. You know, puts the onus on him. And honestly, I think. At the end of the day, I think Tortorella is going to be able to push the right buttons. I'd love to get your thoughts on the game tonight. Obviously, Zach said two nothing or two one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going with a with a three one game for the Jackets, just because I feel like Toronto has the whole city on top of them. Being in the city, I feel like they still feel the pressure, even yeah. if they're in kind of the bubble. Uh, Toronto has been, you know kind of one of the most pressured teams longest drought in hockey that I mean, stuff kind of weighs on you i mean it i don't you know i'm not a if huge you, hockey if, guy but i just think you know toronto it's hockey yeah. right like you said there's been the drought they've struggled the and even leagues, as and it's even uh, as someone that you know has been a big fan of a team as you're wearing the indian shirt yeah. you know when you get in those positions it's just that much right higher even octane. without the fans there they yeah. they hear it i'm sure they know it's so. they're, they're the tight ones, right? Because they're yeah, they're right. they were supposed to win this series. So yeah, I mean, and the Jackets, Jackets are just a team trying if, to play, and yeah. if they can get, I think whatever team kind of gets into the groove early, will be able to finish it up. Well, and I think you've seen when both teams, you know, when the Maple Leafs were down by a bunch, 
the team that will play like they have nothing to lose will be the better one, and I expect the Blue Jackets to be that team. I would agree with you there. Just just to show the out-coaching and just where team morale is, I think the Blue Jackets are playing with much more confidence, and I think they can win the game tonight. I'm thinking more 3-2 to two because, as we saw at the end of Game 4, the Blue Jackets' back line was just playing so relaxed and it would just get burnt at the blue line, and that allowed that comeback there. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at after game three, uh, Leafs coach Sheldon Keefe, he said he never liked, never liked our game. At 1-0, at 2-0, at 3-0, he was never happy, uh, and he ended up saying we got what we deserved. There was no purpose in our game plan. And on the other side of the bench, on the other side of the aisle, you've got Torts who's literally adapting minute by minute to every game. Yeah. I just feel like from a tactician standpoint, Torts and the Blue Jackets have the confidence – and maybe not the momentum, but the confidence and the spark in them to win this series and tonight. I think yep. that's the big thing, you know. Uh, Tortorella will make sure his backline doesn't do, you know, doesn't have what happened last time happen again, and it all happens so quick. It's it's tough to even adjust yeah. in that. For the Maple Leafs, it was kind of a slow fall from grace, and I feel like in that situation, if it's a tight game, the adjustments are going to go Columbus's way. So I think we're all picking the Blue Jackets. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. On this will be released after Game Five, but what your thoughts are either for the Blue Jackets next series or what you want them to do for next season? You've got mail. Whoa! Well, welcome into the OHDMs. You can mail mail. Did they give us a nice like letter? Is it like a Valentine's Day card? I got it like a bag from a pigeon. Wow, yeah. that's pretty yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Pigeon. You can be in that bag from a pigeon. Uh, OHDMs, get us at 30 Rack of Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Send us your hot takes, beer suggestions, uh, casual insults, anything that you want us to answer or reply to, you can send it in I to love OHDM. Insults, so I hope people insult me. Our first question today, guys, comes from uh, one of our old pod partners down in Boone, North Carolina. At Bolstered Up Sports, uh, you can take them uh, in their takes at BS underscore takes on Twitter or at Bolstered Up Sports on Instagram. They sent us their top 10 NFL quarterbacks list. Their top 10 list is Matt Stafford at 10, Matt Ryan at 9, Lamar Jackson at 8, 7, Carson Wentz, 6, Tom Brady, 5, Drew Brees, 4, Deshaun Watson, 3, Aaron Rodgers, 2, Russ Wilson, and 1, Patty Mahomes. What do you guys think? He just asked for our opinion on this. List. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I disagree very hard. Really? Yeah. I, we wouldn't have uh, guessed that based on what, our prep. What are your issues with this list, Zach? <laughs> okay. Uh, Russ, Wilson, Russ Wilson is not a top top five quarterback. Top ten, sure, but no. Uh, here's what I think he got right. Pat Mahomes at one, obviously. Um, Drew Brees, top five. Aaron Rodgers, top five. He got that right. Carson Wentz is not top 10. Uh, Lamar Jackson's way too low at 8. Uh, Matt, the Mats, 9 and 10. Um, yeah, no, they're top 15, but they're not top 10. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like it for pretty much the top three. I would switch Rodgers and Russ. Um, Deshaun Watson. Oh, I don't have a problem with, as a Packer fan, I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers at three. You yeah. might, I'm okay with four. I don't think he's two. I could go either uh, way on that. Deshaun Watson, yeah. with losing Hopkins and just having to deal with Bill O'Brien is not four i think no no um, that's a trivia lamar, lamar jackson yeah. should be top five and i don't yeah. here's my wild card on this matt ryan should not be on this list uh ryan Tannehill should Ooh. 
I mean, I mean, the, come on. For the same reason that come you could, on. For the same reason that you could argue Carson Wentz deserves to be up there because you got to think about what they were working with and what they accomplished. Uh, Carson year. Wentz, my issue is, is the injuries, and I know Fair. we. He's gonna fucking hit me for this, but I'm just saying, they drafted Jalen Hurts. Because they don't trust Carson Wentz. And it's different than the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers situation. It It does hurt. But I'm saying is Carson Wentz hasn't proven that he can get through really a whole season. What, Greg? What? Greg, any final thoughts on this? Oh, hey. Oh, would you like my thoughts on this? I guess. You're going to cut me off anyway. Russell Wilson, better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Does more with less. Does not have the offensive tackle. Does not have anything. Shut up. Can control the pocket. Can control the pocket no, better. Does more with less. Yes, he does. He doesn't. He more with less. Yeah, really, really, really. Aaron Jones is a top three running back. Apparently, Devontae Adams is a top three wide receiver. And you know what he does with it? Absolutely nothing. What are you talking about? Absolutely it's the defense. Nothing. It's Absolutely. the defense, and everybody knows it. Don't blame Aaron Rodgers because he is, it's a team sport, first of all. And and yeah, Russell you know Wilson what? is purely good because they've had. A legendary defense there. They have, who have they had on offense? Who's been his best wide receiver since he's been there? Randall I mean, Tyler Lockett. Oh, are we talking about Russ? Doug Baldwin, maybe, but I don't know about Ty- Tyler Lockett's simply just a deep threat. He's not anywhere right. on the list. No, I'm not arguing so, with you the that the guy does better. well, but his statistics don't match up. He, he, he relies on a running game and an offense that's pretty A running been game around. from who? I mean, not last year, but from who? Yeah, and they were still a great team last year. Well, well they were still that. a really good team. Like. Yeah. They were still at least as good of a team All right, you're done, as the Packers. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out in the NFC Championship this year. Who knows? Uh, our second question. <laughs> I've never had to ride your guys' levels so much. My God. Uh, second question uh, comes from at Joe Broder on Twitter. Joe wants to know um, what the issue is with the NHL placing the top four teams in the round robin instead of the bottom four teams. What's up with that? Uh, so, I know, Greg, you I might would know. say... My biggest reasoning for wanting to do that is if the bottom four were in a round robin, then it would probably be specifically for seeding or getting into the playoffs. The top guys, they can't play any sort of tournament because you don't want to eliminate, you know, mm-hmm. top eight before the bottom eight. And unfortunately for the top four, you have to find something to play some sort of meaningful games beforehand. So I don't. So it's just for seeding, though, yeah, right? It's just for, oh, yeah, it's okay. just for seeding, but it's still like it's kind of odd. Like I get where Joe's coming from, where it's like the whole rest of the season doesn't really matter as much when you're playing for seeding there. But yeah, and yeah. it's like I know it's a weird year and everything, trying to get seasons in. But I just hate when like, what's the point of winning and being the best if if you don't get you know the beneficiaries that come with that? Yeah, and that's um, why I think but it honestly, is a weird year. the it is weird. the NBA did it pretty well where they kind of just have this like you add on you know eight games to the season you have everyone play and then you have the teams that are within striking distance and if they can get it done then they get it done and then you just have the, kind of the playoffs mm-hmm. from there because also you know if you're a if you're a top team in the league it's like all right well now we have to you know prove again that we're good enough to be the top seed and even if we are the top seed then it's not like we have home ice advantage because of anything else well yeah so i certainly understand the thought i don't know if the round robin at the bottom is the best choice because then probably the top teams aren't playing right. and you get a little bit right. more you know if you get on a hot streak which is especially important in hockey then right i see i, I can see where the trouble is there but like yeah it's a weird yeah. year you got to do something with it all right guys our third question in the ohdms comes from at tweet k rich kenny richards you can also find him. uh 
Ken's uh, got a at Bucks Pens Lures Ken if you want to watch a sad person live tweet <laughs> Pittsburgh games. He's also a model. Yeah, he's, he's dude. A model. He's doing it all right now. But he wants to know big future question here, guys. We got any early Super Bowl predictions? I still question this season's gonna happen. I still um, or any big. He also said or any big breakout stars we see coming. Well, this year. I just looked my boy up. Um, I really wanted the Packers to draft. I think KJ Hill um, is a player that I'm thinking under the radar. You to me, you can't pick a first round or even early second yeah. round guy as a breakout. Um, and I know some guys might pick like a second year player. I think like KJ Hill. I think was one of the better receivers in the draft as far as he has amazing hands, uh, great route running, not a speedster, but from a slot, you don't really need speed. It's all about the intricacies of route running. I think the Chargers got a great player to go along with that young roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, breakout stars. Uh, there's this guy called Joe Burrow. He might break out oh, this geez. year. But yeah. as for my super, uh, super early Super Bowl prediction, I don't know if I have an AFC team, but I do kind of think that the Saints window is closing and they're going to make the push this year. Ew. If anybody's going to the NFC, it's the Packers, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't have a lot of confidence in the Packers. As I've just heard, they've got some... Uh, I mean, it is a team sport, so we'll see. Quarterback we'll see. controversy. Quarterback it's not a quarterback controversy. controversy. Oh, Wisconsin. But those are our OHDMs. Hold on uh, real quick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm he sorry, didn't I'm get, a, yeah, he didn't get sorry. a jump get in. in. There. Get in there, Greg. Damn, he's trying to cut you off. I know. I was okay with. But. Well, you're going to wish you would have cut me off there. Because I'm going, believe it or not, the Chiefs in the AFC. Because they've got well, this Pat no Mahomes. Well, no shit. Yeah. yeah. It's and then one of the other best the quarterbacks in the league in the NFC got right. the Seahawks. You knew you were going <laughs> to say that just to piss me off. No. I mean, I could see it. I don't think I don't think the Seahawks or the Packers are really complete teams. Uh, they don't really have. I don't think the Saints are really though either. Yeah, I don't think the Saints are either. But I think I they think have I agree. I think the Chiefs will win again. I think very well. All right, then Brady and the Bucks. Oh fuck you! That division's going to be a cakewalk down there in the South. Too. What? Oh, the AFC side. Yeah, in the NFC or West, South. AFC West. They're, uh, Talking about the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs are, are AFC West. Yeah, Chiefs are best team in the AFC. I'm talking about NFC, the NFC South. I just don't see. Oh, Panthers, for the Bucks. No oh, oh. I don't see anybody stopping. I mean, they had no Matty Ice. No Matty Ice. You know, no. here's the interesting thing. I honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the, the NFC South's not very good. Um, so NFC East, Brady. I don't trust any of the teams. No. NFC North, right. don't trust any of the teams. Oh. Yeah, you do. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't that. Oh, my God. All right. Fuck this. Well, that's our OHDMs. Uh, If you want to ask us a question or answer any of your life questions, slide into those DMs. Or ask why Zach's so angry. That's really Uh, my question. At 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All righty. So thank you so much for listening to this week's 30 Rack podcast. Sorry if things got a little bit too heated, but... That's where we get sports people. on 30 Rack. You'll get the passionate sports talk every single time. Before we get out of here, we want to get our shout-outs for the week. We'll start with Zach on the right. Zach, uh, who are you shouting out? I'm going to shout out the Indians Whoa. for not allowing me to have to drink a 40-ounce. Uh, they read my article, obviously. If you haven't checked out ClevelandSportsTalk.com, uh, I've been a contributor there for the last couple weeks. I think they read my article where I pretty much uh, took them to town. And the next night they uh, popped out, what was that, 13? 13, 13, 13 runs. Yeah, 13 runs. So uh, shout out the tribe. Uh, on the other side, from the 40-bet winner to the 40-bet loser, 
Josh, do you have anything to shout out? Or uh, yeah, well, I'll shout out Zach in ClevelandSports.com. Yeah, check out our guy Zach uh, writing some good articles for ClevelandSportsTalk.com right now. But I am going to give a shout out to Prime Time. Happy birthday, Deion Sanders. Ooh, that's a oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there you go. Prime Time. Prime All time. right. And I just want to shout out uh, all of you listening and uh, contributing at the OHDMs. Feel free to reach out to us at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, let us know what you think about our arguments. Uh, let us know if you think Zach's mic should be turned down or cut off. Uh, you know, I would agree with you. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to uh, hopefully provide some clarity on college football, give some updates on the Ohio MLB teams and uh, see if the Jackets are still playing. Oh, and shout out to Millersburg Brewing. Oh, exactly. Shout out yeah. to the Nut House Delicious. Peanut Butter Porter. We're 30 Rack because we're talking sports and we're drinking beer. Thank you so much to the Nut House Peanut Butter Porter from Millersburg Brewing. That's all for 30 Rack. Peace. <laughs>